You're listening to 91.9 WSHR. It's John Weston here, and I have friend of the station, Dr. Pelletieri, who uh, got me back on the radio after some time. I appreciate it. Uh, as the broadcast journalism teacher here at North, uh, I don't get on the radio as much as I'd like to, but I appreciate you wanting to, uh, to join me here in the studio. Thank you. And have a discussion about education and a discussion about Sachem. Uh, luckily, we uh, are ending our first week, uh, bringing back some of our students, and I think that uh, it's been a, a success so far. Thank you very much, and, and I love that friend of the station. Very nice. <laughs> you really yes, are, friend yeah. of WSHR. W- without a doubt. Thank you very much. And, and yes, we, we returned our, our seniors and our sixth graders this past week. I've been looking at the numbers daily and haven't seen anything in terms of an uptick in terms of positive COVID-19 cases, which is really a, a blessing, and uh, we will obviously keep a close eye on that, worry about our staff and our students all the time in terms of making sure that they are they are well and, and we're moving in the right direction. And I know a lot of planning went into uh, bringing the students back as, as everything else this year. Um, you know, I think that what that shows with not as much, uh, not as many cases and all that is that it was a thoughtful planning, and obviously we are thinking about the best interests of the students and the staff. Yeah, it is amazing what goes into almost every single decision that you make. You think it's just like, ah, just have the kids show up, and you'd like it to be that way. But uh, we're actually talking to each other through uh, a desk shield now, <laughs> yes. and we have them throughout the district, and that was part of that thought process and getting permission, kind of a sign-off from the Suffolk County Department of Health that, that if people are going to be closer than six feet, you, you need to use a desk shield and and again, uh, all the pieces that go into that and the purchase and moving money, to, because these are not things, this was not planned for last year as we started to build a budget. And so they are for next year as we're building a budget, things such as PPE and the like. But uh, getting the players in, the teachers, the, the family, the community, the, the parents, the custodians, the lunch ladies, the nurses, getting everyone, clericals at the table to just have a say as to how they are going to be impacted by having hundreds of more kids in the buildings and what will we do around bell schedules, altering bell schedules, staggering them, what will we do around lunch, having kids closer together and just so much goes into every decision that nothing is as is, is easy as it might seem and uh, we really do need to be uh, cautious and, and move slowly and be thoughtful about the, this process. These, these kids are our future. We have to be real careful with them. They are a precious commodity. Well, as a representative of the teachers in the district, I definitely thank you for inviting us to the table and, and certainly considering uh, what we have to say with regards to you know, the safety and the health of the staff and, and the community. Um, I think you know, with, with everything else with this virus, it's really the unknown. And uh, you know, you're seeing that across the board in restaurants and in opening up uh, you know, public places, and we're talking about will there be concerts this summer? You know, most of our life was uh, was put on hold as we're at the one year mark uh, with the virus. And uh, you know, you kind of look back and say, you know, did we do everything right? Could we have done things differently? Um, but uh, what's proven to be the most important thing is is careful thinking and and thoughtful reaction to to the virus. I think it, it's it's. Uh Almost to the day, right? A year to the yes, day. Yeah. Which is incredible. When, when we closed schools and we left, we had no idea what was coming at us, right. what, what laid ahead, what would, would lie ahead. And, and I, I remember 
stuffing my garage refrigerator <laughs> full of Elio's pizzas and things <laughs> like that, right? Just, and I actually had to lean the, a ladder against the door to keep it from popping open. I mean, I wasn't hoarding or anything like that, but you, you didn't know. We right? didn't know. What and we had off that Friday, and I remember, and my son did not have off. Uh, mm-hmm. So my wife and I went food shopping. Yes. And you couldn't get anything. No, I mean, the, no. It was already starting to be ransacked. Yeah. It, it, was, it was, again, just what's going to happen a month from now? Are, are the... Butcher shops going to close. Yeah. Will, will there be no meat, as people were saying, going forward? Or, uh, getting frozen food and just really concerned. So as a historian, you know, we had a 100 years ago, we had Spanish flu mm-hmm. and then 100 years before. Like this seems to happen. But just we didn't know this was new and this was scary, real scary. Right. We didn't know enough about it. And we know so much more now and so much more how to protect ourselves and, and know what's going to we know somewhat about what we can do to protect ourselves and what could happen going forward. And last night to hear our president say that uh, maybe by July 4, we could almost be back to normal as a nation and have barbecues in your yard and things like that and have people over. I think that idea of starting to open up more and more, as long as we are thoughtful about that process, uh, things like masks, things like death shields, hopefully by the fall, uh, maybe we're in a much better place at that point, and and we can go to a much more normalized type of life in school. Right, you know, you know, just thinking about the year as far as like uh, in quarters. You know, you had last March was was the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first quarter, and and that was you know distance learning and and trying to adapt. Everybody at home, everybody's on quarantine. You're not seeing each other. Nobody was going out. Never knew if it was going to work or not. Right. right? And right. then you had the summer, which uh, felt a little bit more normal. I don't know, you know, about yep. for you, but for me it did. And you started to maybe see some people outside and outside dining took mm-hmm. over. Then there was the reentry, you know, coming back to school and the challenges that that faced. Uh, and, you know, your first day here was yeah. <laughs> you know, September 1st and just starting off the year. I, I feel like we're we're now – Maybe starting a new quarter. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, or do you? Yeah, I what hope do you so. feel for for the next three months or so in Sachem? How that's going to be? Yeah, I, I hope as the world starts to open up and 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 we get closer together, so to speak, and, and in a safe manner, that we can get more toward normal things. Like, can we have close to a normal prom for our kids? Can we have not have ten graduations like Sachem had last year for each each school? Can we get down to a couple maybe, or or, or maybe a Look how big our field is. We've got a beautiful new turf field out right. here at North and a beautiful one being installed at East. That should be done next week. So look at those opportunities, those spaces, and see if we can't do things like that. So can we get more and more each day towards normalcy for, normalcy for our kids? Uh, as we look at the uh, numbers in our buildings, and as long as the idea is that the, the numbers stay low as we move forward, and I don't have today's, but... We've been doing very well, knock on wood, since uh, we came back from uh, the February break. It really has moved in the right direction. That's why we were confident that we could start to bring more more and more kids back. Well, that's great. And I think, you know, obviously we can't see into the future. I wish we could. Um, but I think that you, you have to plan for hope. And I think, you know, in a sense that things will get better. Like, you know, said President Biden is, is saying by July 4th, well, you know, in Sachem... Maybe we can be outside in June. Maybe we mm-hmm. can be doing those graduations and those proms and, and giving the students you know, a school year that, that they can uh, remember and deserve. Yeah, the senior trip, for, for right. example, right, is always a, 
a big one and uh, the, the bods that are created there. We, we want to be able to go back to do those things for our kids if and when it's safe. So that is certainly being talked about and is, is on the horizon. Okay, good. Uh, one of the things that, you know, especially in this past year kind of uh, has me reflecting is technology. And uh, I'm in my 10th grade English class right now, we're reading Fahrenheit 451, which was uh, first published 70 years ago, wow. in 1950. And uh, I always love reading uh, this book, and I've been teaching it for 14 years now, really. And every year, you can relate to more and more of it, because uh, Ray Bradbury is such a futuristic thinker, and you know, they didn't have a quarter of the technology that we have today back then. Uh, but he was able to imagine a world where you can interact with somebody from a screen or in front of a screen, mm-hmm. from a digital screen. Uh, you can uh, play music in your ears and speak to somebody with a, an AirPod or something like that in your ears. He thought of all of these things back in the 1950s, uh, and, and it's kind of come, come true today. But uh, part of my discussion, because you know, with the novel, they talk about uh, how technology has taken over freedom and knowledge and taken over too much of our thought processes. And, and I think that that certainly can be applied, especially to the generation today, where, I mean, I don't know about you. I know you're a father like I am. You know, I look at my sons and, and the amount of technology that they have, the amount of TV that they watch, the amount of computer time that they have. And I feel like with you know, distance learning and virtual learning nowadays, we, we've gone down this rabbit hole where it's just that's our that's our life. Yes. And is it yes. you know certainly there are benefits to technology, but is it are there downfalls? Yeah, uh, my my went away a couple summers ago and with family and said to my nephew and some of the guys, "Hey, let's go fishing." And, and the answer was, "Well, we can fish in Minecraft." Oh. I was like, oh, wow. "Wow, wow, <laughs> right? You really like Minecraft, right?" <laughs> so, uh, and that's where kids are. And even more so, we kind of almost doubled down on it during this pandemic. And the kids in basements and playing video games and things. I mean, we think of, I used to play Pong, right? Remember, mm-hmm. you had the little yep. one on each side. And if you went outside, you know, the wiffle ball and stuff like that, you don't, you don't see that as much anymore. And I think technology has replaced a lot of that. So technology obviously has its incredible benefits. But I worry about our kids now, even in terms of technology and school, the way it's been over these past hundred years and brick and mortar schools and what they've become to mean for us as their real social settings. And, and our kids, uh, we got to make sure that our kids are getting out into the world, meeting with people, talking to people, looking them in the eye and, and have a conversation and not be walking down the street with their phone in their hand, texting and things like that. Um, and, and, the schooling as well. For some folks, it's really been a blessing that they've had technology because they may have a a, a, a pre-existing condition or right. a family member. So that's been really vital and important for us, and I'm glad we've been able to do that. But I do hope that we can get to that point where we get all of our kids back, as many as possible, back again. Nothing replaces the classroom with their peers, their colleagues looking across, and, and whether it's you know, goofing around or whatever or, or work in, in when you're in class, you know, doing your work and working with your teachers and your and your peers, but yeah, that's something that I've noticed definitely is you know live streaming uh, from the classroom certainly solved a, a problem where yeah. we weren't reaching our kids on the days that they were home because of hybrid. Um, but it, it's kind of changed uh, how we teach, and it's changed you know the flow of information and ideas. And you know, f- 
for some kids it works and for some kids you know they they have no problem raising their hand on google meet yeah, and yeah. volunteering information but for a lot of kids, it's an easy way to hide behind the screen. It might be even easier for some kids because they don't have to feel that burn when they raise their hand in sure. class and someone says, what kind of question is that or something like right. that. Right. Now they're, they're a little more emboldened because they're, they're home and they're uh, on a screen so they feel like they can raise their hands. But for others, yeah, it kind of shuts them down. Yeah. And, and I just – I fear, you know, going forward that that's, uh, that that's going to be the new norm where, you know, we are relying on this technology. The, this past year, New York State sent us uh, requests and, and put out for schools to pilot no snow days, mm-hmm. that snow days would be replaced with uh, live streaming and, and uh, online-based learning. And we, we Sachem did not, uh, was not chosen to participate in that pilot. And I got Thank it, you. I got it, I got <laughs> You're it, a hero in my it. household. Uh, <laughs> snow days, even as an adult – are something that's just like a tradition. It is. It's, it's, you, you wake up late, you break out that hot chocolate, kids go out and, and make their snowmen and their snow forts and then go shoveling. My sons at that age, they go up shoveling and pick up a couple bucks down the yeah. block and things like that. And but that's a true, you're right, it's, it's, a it's real like a, a microcosm of this idea, <laughs> you know, where can we be outside? Can we be creative on this mm-hmm. day? Maybe I'm going to pick up a book. Maybe I'm going to watch the news because yeah. I want to see what, what kind of storm it was. Yeah. I'm going to do something different during this day than normal. Or am I going to flip on the computer? Yep. Right? And sit there for seven and hours. And sit there for and seven hours. So there, there may be instances where that is necessary. I know New York City did it. They felt they were so far behind mm-hmm. in terms of teaching and learning. And kids did not have devices last year. And there wasn't a lot happening. And they still can't find many of the kids that right, are, that are right. you know so kind of missing from school or missing in action. Really horrible uh, in terms of when you have that larger system it's really difficult but i just felt for for sachem certainly uh it's it's just a respite almost from the 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 worrisome world that we live in right now especially in terms of the pandemic yeah thinking that we'd get out and 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 have some fun as opposed to having to do that on those snow days i i think that they may the state may say look you're going to create a calendar it's going to have 181 days in it and now you're not going to have snow days. If it snows, you just go online and you count that day. So calendars can be a bit more rigid then. Right, right. Uh, it's it's interesting. Again, I'm sure there's debates, on, as always, on both sides. But I just think that that is part of growing up. I and agree. And even as a grown-up, I, you know, I had a social studies test to give. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be snow. So you know what? We gave it on Monday. <laughs> yes. or we gave it on Monday. Like, you adapt. Survive. That's we the figure world, it out. You've got to learn how to adapt. Yeah. So to, to, uh, to snowstorms and to, to things such things as that, that yeah, yeah that a wrench in your plan right mm-hmm. you know and, and uh, my wife likes to say that you know, we only have so many years with with the kids and yeah. you know my kids are still very young and uh you know you you live for those days kind yeah of. yeah so. so yeah again the positives and the negatives and and what will happen as we move forward in in education will there be this divide almost where some folks will stay home some folks will be in We'll we'll deliver instruction. I can get. I could go to any school almost now, right? Harvard has some free courses you could take online. Huh. Anyone could take. I, I encourage you to just Google Harvard free courses. There are art courses. There are science courses related to nature and the That's weather. Neat. They're really neat. So I could take a course at Harvard. I could take right. a course anywhere, pretty much. I could pay for it. I have my child take courses online. I don't necessarily need that brick and mortar school. So let's. 
that's worrisome to me as someone who's grown up in them right. and, and been a part of them for so long. Right, and you can and see the selling points of, of uh, you know, using technology in that mm-hmm. regard to, yeah. to certainly get something that you haven't been able to get. And we would have never been able to get that 10, 15, 20 years if ago. If I lived in rural upstate and we right. couldn't get an Italian teacher in and I wanted to take Italian in yeah. high school because my grandpa was – then, then I think that's really valuable use of, of education and being able to remote in someone, something like that, right. courses that you couldn't offer before. But I am worried about that delivery, delivering all instruction, 100 kids in a class, yeah. one teacher on the other end who might be who knows where. I, I, uh, I worry about Right, that element of distraction, too. Yeah. Where the students, too, are, are like, more likely, I think, to be distracted when they're sitting behind a computer you know, doing anything yeah. as opposed to being in, in the actual school. Yeah, plus if I have my device or my iPad, I know, like, I could just click and swipe and, and be in my, uh, I don't know what game is, Roblox or something. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Roblox, I, could, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's like a fever almost. It's yes. right there. It's right behind Mr. Weston's video Very of this easy. lesson, you know. <laughs> and I just, as soon as he looks away, maybe I can, that's, tempt- that's tempting. I it mean, is. Even as adults taking college courses, right. the use of technology. Uh, it, it can be distracting, so right. let alone for kids. And my goodness, this year we have kindergartners on, online and first grade and second grade. So I, I know parents are doing an incredible job working. The parents have to be right there with the child, and the teachers are focused on them. Right. Really difficult, but it got us through. And again, yes. getting back to that original yes. idea of technology can be something that's really useful to us. It got us through this this part, this quarter, so to speak, a couple mm-hmm. of quarters or three quarters of our time. and. And hopefully going forward, it will have its role again. But I don't know about uh, how much we want it to be. How, how much at the four? Yes. Like, what's, what's next? You know, was it, did Bradbury write The Verve, which was about, again, technology? I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Again, a short story this time. Okay, yeah. About technology and its roles. And there was one room the kids went into. It, it was like a lion. And it was a really interesting story. It was right? written. 70, 50, 60, 70 yeah. years ago. Incredible. That's and what they see <laughs> coming, right? Orwell's 84. Yes, and there's yeah. a lot of it is concern about that now. Yeah, and that's, you know, those kind of fuel the discussions in my class. And every year I think, you know, all right, it really worked this year because the kids are addicted to technology. You know, what will be next year? And here we are. You know, I, I found it. You know, I, I read uh, Fahrenheit last year. February, March with my class right before the pandemic. Mm. So now to reflect on it a year later, same time, um, you know, we were just amazed at how much our lives have changed even in the past year because of technology. Yeah, I think it's just an incredible time to be a teacher and to have our young kids with us and and the opportunities that they have and what they can learn and what's at our fingertips. And and this idea, I I do want to bring to the district this one-to-one environment. Mm -hmm. Again, now I'm here I am saying something about technology, but giving them access to education 24-7 and being able to look something, oh, what is that story by Bradbury that I was right. just talking about? Is it, right. is, did I have the right title? To be able to have that type of access at your fingertips is, is fantastic, but it doesn't replace, well, what's beyond that? And Correct. what's the comparison between Orwell's 1984 and, and Bradbury's Fahrenheit? And, and, and what do we see in terms of uh, approach coming you know, in, in the future? Right, and I think, you know... The only thing is we have to we have to hopefully strike a balance between traditional education, brick and mortar as you like to call it, and the future, which is probably technology and you know we talk about one to one schools and 
and hopefully not make it an over-reliance on technology. Yeah, it's, it's as I've gotten older, I, you get wiser, I'd like to think, right? and that idea of everything in moderation. Yes. Right? Everything. Just yeah. give me a little bit of that, but just give me balance. Mm-hmm. Give me balance. Really important. And so one thing that, um, that we had talked about, you know, with kind of the future and the next steps here is, uh, is the regents' exams and, and testing that, that kind of has, uh, you know, thrown your world probably around in the past couple of weeks yeah. coming from uh, the federal government, right? So the federal government said, yeah, and again, I think maybe a lot of people don't know this, but it's the federal government that drives whether or not New York State has to do these annual assessments. And right now the federal government is saying, uh, last year they said well, you, you don't have to have them, and we didn't in New York and many states. But uh, the federal government said this year under new leadership that we did have to have them. And that's still being questioned. New York State regents, a lot of people are concerned or, uh, about New York State. The regents, the body that is the regents, the people, they, they put in the waiver. They, they don't want to give the state test this year. And some people are upset with them that we're giving it. It's not them th- this year. They certainly uh, have come to the forefront and said, we don't think this is the right year to use the time that we have to assess kids in, in this system of the regents. So uh, right now – we are being told by the federal government that we do have to have these annual assessments, so we're going to have them in algebra and earth science, in living environment, and, and English 11, uh, the three, those four subjects. Mm-hmm. My daughter, I mentioned this the other night, is very lucky. She's in, in uh, two of those. So there's only four being given. She has to give two of them. She looks at her brother, who's been skipping out, <laughs> skipped out last year and this year. He, 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 what what uh, grades are you kids he's, in? He's in 11, so he does have to take the English. But okay. last year, he didn't take the algebra two. He didn't right. take chem. <laughs> And uh, he's in physics and won't be taking the physics. Uh, my daughter's in eighth, and she's in algebra and, and earth science. So okay. she's going <laughs> to have to take both those, a poor kid. Uh. But it, it, she's been really good. You talk about uh, being online and hybrid, things like that. This, she's done re- very well. She's That's a good great. kid. She's attentive. She, she turns her camera on. She does what she needs to do. Right. And uh, I think teachers appreciate that and recognize that this is a year that we really have to be amenable to, to all our kids and, and you know something comes in a day late or something is 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 not exactly as it was we can have that conversation about how do we fix that and right it, you know i think a little more so than ever and I, I really appreciate our teachers having that this year doing that and and so uh the regents do have to be given this year and right now the three through eight tests have to be given as oh, well wow. okay but and that's soon right yeah, those are in april yeah okay. those so those are technically still in the window that they were in However, the state is permitted to make them shorter or change them in some way. What, what New York State regents, what they asked the feds was, could we do local assessments this year? Because mm-hmm. you need assessment. You always need right, assessment. Right, of course, yes. Uh, so could we do local assessments where we just started piling the NWEA? That's an example of a local assessment that we could use to see where our kids has a baseline and then where they are at the end of the year. It's a, it's a very solid uh, assessment, I believe. But we would use our own finals, our own assessments to determine where kids are. Uh, obviously, in normal years or normal times, you do want to have an assessment that could compare us to other districts and throughout the state and then throughout the nation. But this year, with the chaos that has been school, it's difficult to say to people, uh, we're going to give our typical three through eight tests. I mean, we don't get those results uh, fast enough anyway. And there's right. a lot of issues around that. That's why I like... Again, the NWA, it's an online adaptive assessment, and there's no security issues around it. I'd be sitting next to you, and i get a different question than you, and I'm in a different area than you. Okay. I, I think it's really a lot of benefits to it. So 
giving local control this year for assessment, I think, would be better. And I know that New York State Regents is still attempting to do that. Right. Even though we're up against it right now. Yeah. So we'll have to see what it looks like this year, the assessment. But I believe they're going to have, again, four regents and then uh, three through eight in some way. They might not even have to do all three through eight. It could be uh, originally it was like fourth grade and, and sixth grade or fourth, sixth, and eighth or something like that. They might be able to do. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. No, it'll be interesting to see what happens, uh, you know, because that's another thing that, you know, we have probably skipped out on for the past uh, year is final exams, midterms, you know, these these major uh, roadblocks to, to assess our students yeah. to really think where they are because, you know, every, we're all kind of worried about, you know, uh, if, if, they, if there's been any uh, learning loss or if they're a little bit behind. Um, but it would be good to, I think, try to get back on track to uh to have these assessments uh, you know obviously not in june and you know as as the new york state requested not to have any regents exams mm-hmm. in june they canceled them in august yep um you know but do you think that summer school is going to be uh it's, something it's definitely on the table right. because we have to get kids that are are struggling caught up yeah and so it's definitely on the table whether here or somewhere else we're having those conversations with BOCES who helps run a lot of summer programs and our students might be coming here they might be going elsewhere but it's definitely something that we have to look at and that's again from assessment we the 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 assessment is kind of like taking the temperature of a patient right right and so we need to know the temperature Uh, yeah especially given these times right (laughs) (laughs) we're taking everyone's temperature when they come in but uh if we don't take the temperature, right. so to speak, or assess the kids, we just kind of go along thinking everything's great. Right. And then all of a sudden you have an emergency. Something pops up and you're like, wow, we didn't know that was there. Right. So that's why we do assessments, but they have to be valid and reliable and, and that's, timely. And that's, I think, part of the problem is we talked about all the decisions that, you know, that you've had to make over the course of the year. You wanted to do it with, with thought and with reason. Yeah. And I think that you know, the decision probably by the federal government that you know you have to give these exams and and we're not going to accept the waivers seemed like it came out of nowhere it seemed like uh you know were they really thinking about the effects that that these exams would have on the students it actually was delivered prior to the new ed secretary being in in office so that's another piece that maybe we get a little bit of a difference there again no one wants to not assess we need to assess but local Groups should local school districts should be making that decision right. about how so to do it best for their kids. We this could year. come up with an actual exam mm-hmm. that would uh, be more suitable towards what our students have learned over the past year. Yeah, exactly. Given hybrid, remote, all the things that went into to this year. Uh, given the fact that when we started in September, people were looking at each other. Are we going to make it till October? Yeah. And and what happened to curriculum during all that time and spiraling back because kids weren't in the day before and all those pieces just and that's happened throughout the year. Uh, so uh, my, yeah, my sense is that we should be correcting that and and not. I, I don't like wasting people's time. I know professional development is really important for me, and having blanket professional development for everybody that doesn't suit some of the people in the room is is not a great methodology. And same with this, assessing everyone. At one place where people we know are all at different places, I don't think is necessarily the right approach either. But I agree we should have assessment, but we should be determining it this year. Next year we can go back to hopefully having a better assessment for everybody. Or, or having the, the Regents exams in full next year. Because exactly, because you had a full course of study for the right. year. Yeah. Right. So I guess we will see. We, we <laughs> shall. We shall, as always. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's been a great discussion with you, Dr. Pelletieri. 
thank you, Mr. Weston. I really appreciate it. It's great getting out of the office. <laughs> I'm sure. Away from, hunched over my desk answering uh, multitudes of emails and things like that and phone calls. I do enjoy it uh, a lot. For the most part. <laughs> right. And no, and, and right. I can tell you, too, that, you know, I spoke to the students who have interviewed you on the radio, too, and, and they just love having these discussions with you. They're great kids. I try to treat them as, as young ladies and adults. Mm-hmm. I, I love talking to Cameron, who's a star here at North, football player. Yep. I think he did wrestling, as well, and he's on our board of education, and Mackenzie over at, at East. Just incredible kids. So proud of them and, and do enjoy their company and having conversations with them about stuff that impacts them. Right. How many years have you been out of the classroom? So I taught for 11 years. Okay. And this is my 30th. So if I do so real 19, quick math. Huh? Yeah. I wow. Think I, yeah. It's, it's, it's about 19 years. No, it's, yeah, it'd be 19 years. Yeah. Well, I I, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, I did teach one year as an AP and then realized I couldn't, I couldn't keep doing it uh, in school. So I gave up my class there. I, I did teach the past two years at Malloy College oh, okay. to young teachers That's who were getting nice. their administrators, yeah. and that was fantastic. It yeah. was like being back in high school, just the age differential yeah. again, and being able to talk to people about uh, what I've done and loved for the past 30 years. So that's been great. I, I will admit I gave that up when I got here just because I had a lot Hard on my to plate. But all that, yeah. I may look to go back to sure. that at some point in the future once I get things kind of it probably never gets settled. No, <laughs> but yeah, but I'm you sure you know. Get a for grasp you, on especially things. you know, and the fact that you've embraced you know the radio station and talking to uh, the students and talking to the teachers, I'm sure that's just probably a way for you to uh, you know to bring you back to the days that you were in the classroom and you know so that you kind of never lose that. Yeah, a lot of relationship. Fun. A lot of fun. Uh, you you entertain the kids, or they will entertain you. Right. And so I always enjoyed engaging classroom environments and debate and discussion and things like that. And I try to still do that. And, yeah, it's, it's a, a break from the more mundane tasks of a superintendent to be able to talk to kids and talk to teachers <laughs> yeah. such as yourself and have these conversations. Fantastic. So thank you. No, it's, and it's been terrific. And, uh, hey, I think we should do this again. Yeah, I, uh, w- without a doubt. <laughs> we can come up with, like, a weekly schedule of topics and yeah. things like that. I would really enjoy that. We could Me do too. an update on the district or where we stand with certain things, what are the new developments that are coming. I would really look forward to it. I think it'd be great. Well, it's been great. Once again, I'm John West, and I'm here with Dr. Pelletieri. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, stay safe out there. Go Sachem. 91.9 WSHR. Go Sachem.